When Darla first meant, asked if I would come here, I, I asked her the name of your church, and I was really uh, excited when she told me that it was Oak Bluff Bible Church. Uh, it's church, right? There's a community. Church. church. The part of that excited me is the, that you have the word Bible <laughs> in your name. I'm like, man, this is, this is, I'm going to be among good people who love the Word of God, because I do. And so hopefully, like, uh, you'll see, I really like using a lot of Scripture and I, you know, um, for that reason, I use PowerPoint to help you guys, because I realize some people like following along in, in your Bible, and that's, that's great. Um, but I should warn you that I do tend to use a lot of scripture. Today, maybe, uh, yeah, I, I do, and, but <laughs> probably more later. And, and so I'm just kind of warning you, um, if you don't want to, like, flip through your Bible, and some people write notes, I realize, or whatever, um, I meant to bring, a, I have a sign-up sheet. Often when I speak at places, people request the notes, so I can email you the notes if you want, like after this weekend or whatever. But I just thought I'd mention that uh, if you don't want to uh, flip through your Bible so much. But anyway, if you guys remember last night, if you, if, is everyone at the campfire last night? Was there some not there? Okay, ish, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> kind of there? Okay, that's, that's fine. Um, if you remember, I started talking about Jesus... Uh, one of his major teachings, actually, in the Gospels about prayer, and this particular portion of Scripture really transformed my, my own life. And often I'll sh- I share my testimony. Because of time, unfortunately, uh, I, I probably won't. But just suffice to say, this really transformed my life when I took, took Jesus at his word and implied it in my own life. And so I love sharing this message. What I'm going to do, since I went over uh, the first 13 uh, verses last night, just to give you sort of the general overview uh, of Luke 11, 1 through 13. What I want to do today is go more in depth and so that each of you, um, the reason I do this is because the, the word says, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And so what I like to do, the reason I like to use a lot of scriptures, because if you see something in the word, you know it's true. And so you don't have to take my word for it. You can see it in clear writing in the Bible. And, and one thing that I really love about the Bible is how many of you know there's like thousands of promises. Everything we need for life and godliness is in the word of God. And um, the amazing thing about his promises is not only does God have like countless promises, he has promises about his promises. <laughs> so what I wanted to do is, is start off with a particular scripture that if you, if you can get a hold of this one scripture, I guarantee you... All these scriptures will change your life, but, but I like starting off with this one because some of the stuff I'm going to share is honestly, um, in, in my estimation, almost hard to believe because it's like so extravagant, the promises. It's almost like you can read it and be like, it must be true because Jesus is saying it, but um, it's hard to almost believe that it's true for us. And what I want to show you is like the Bible promises you that it is for you. Okay, and, and this particular scripture that, that I'm alluding to is 2 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 20. This is Paul the Apostle talking. He says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. No matter how many promises. Isn't that phenomenal? So what he's saying is, if there's a promise that you can find in Scripture, or maybe the Lord spoke to you personally, the answer is yes, guaranteed in Christ. You don't have to wonder if God is, is up in heaven when you pray, 
uh, thinking about it. Maybe I'll think about it. No, I'm not in the mood today to answer that particular promise or whatever. They're all yes. All of them. So if you believe the Bible, that's what it's saying, right? Every single promise is for you. Now, with that being said, he doesn't stop there. He goes on and says, And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. We actually have a part to play. The part we play is coming into agreement with God's promises and saying amen. Let it be done. Okay, so we actually have to do something. We have to pray those promises. We have to not only believe them, but we have to declare them. We, we, our part is we come into agreement, say amen, God answers them, right? So let me show you another phenomenal verse. This is Jesus talking. He says, this is Mark 9.23, everything is possible for him who believes. No limits. That's the thing I love about Jesus. He doesn't put qualifications on these promises. Everything, how many of you know in Greek, everything means everything? <laughs> everything, right? They're not some things, not um, maybe this, everything. But look at this, for those who believe, okay? So we have a part to it. We have to actually believe, take Jesus at his word and believe it. We have to pray it, right? We have a part to play. He does it, don't get me wrong. But my point is, um, we do have to come into agreement with these promises, okay? So what I want to do is, is if, if you remember from last night, I went over Luke 11, 1 through 13. Um, a couple of people might not have been there. I won't go over it for the sake of time, but I will say that if you remember, Jesus' disciples come up to him. Jesus, tell, teach us to pray, please. Like John taught his disciples. And Jesus actually teaches them, goes into 13 verses Goes into the Lord's Prayer. Then he gives this interesting parable about this guy. Remember this guy who had shameless audacity and woke up his friend in the middle of the night to ask for bread. And Jesus actually uh, commends that shameless audacity. By the way, this is the NIV. I, I totally uh, acknowledge that other translations say something uh, could say something different. Some say shameless boldness. Some say just boldness. Some say shameless persistence. But regardless, if you look it up, it's a strong word. Okay? So this is the NIV. I like shameless audacity. To me, that's the essence of what's going on here. But what I love about it is Jesus is telling us we need to be shamelessly audacious in prayer. There's, there's, it's like if you want to answer prayer, you guys, you've got to do this. You've got to actually be shamelessly audacious, which looks... Think about the word audacious. It looks audacious. Like this is audacious to wake up your friend in the middle of the night to ask for bread. Yeah? But Jesus is saying, guys, you need to do this. And you, if you do, you'll get answered prayer. Okay? Then I went on to, show, to talk about how uh, Jesus says there's actually three different dimensions, if you will, of prayer that we all need to do. Okay? You need to ask, you need to seek, and you need to knock. And what I want to do today is go um, give you more scripture in each of those. To not, to, to not only, like I said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you believe these, okay, that's... that's one of the, the parts that we play, then they'll be done. Well, and then you might be like, well, how do I get more faith? Sharing scriptures from the word of God, I know from personal experience, and the, the word says this, it builds faith. Faith comes by hearing. So, so I know we all know how to ask God for things, but I want to show you some other scriptures that are just, like I said, almost hard to believe. Most of them, actually, the vast majority I'm going to show you are actually Jesus saying them. 
which is almost, it's like phenomenal. It's like, think about it. Jesus is the personification of truth. The Son of God doesn't lie, does he? And so it's like, hey, if he's saying it, it must be true, right? And so I'm going to share you a bunch of, show you a bunch of promises about asking, then I'll go into seeking the knocking, God willing. I told Darla I typically talk for 50 to an hour. That's what I'm used to. And so I'm like, this is like, oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I'm going to try. Okay, well, but I think I can do it. All right. Asking. So what is, uh, look at these promises. This is one that is just, like I said, almost hard to believe. Look at this. This is Jesus talking though. This is from John 14, 1 through 14. Believe me, Jesus says, when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Okay, he's talking about all of his works, the miracles, all the stuff. Then he says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes me, look at this, will do the works I've been doing. Now, if he just stopped there, that would be hard to believe. When it's like, what? You're telling me walking on water, um, raising the dead, all the stuff you did? He's, that's what he's saying, right? But he doesn't even stop there. He goes, and they'll do even greater things than these. It's like, what? Jesus, you're telling us we will do greater works than what you... That, right? That's what Jesus is saying, isn't it? It's like, what? How, it's hard to believe. It really is, Right? But, but, but like I said, Jesus is telling us this, so it must be true. Right? It must be true. Then he goes on to say, because I'm going to the Father. And look at this. I will do whatever you ask in my name. Not some things. Not, you know, I'll do this, but not whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it for you. And then that the, look at this, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Look at this, you may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. <laughs> Whatever you ask, anything you ask, I'll do it. And it's like, anything? Like, don't you have any qualifications? I don't see any. <laughs> right? It's like, okay, that must be true. Yeah? It's like, it must be true. Jesus is saying it. Now, now to be sure, I want you to, I want to show you more scriptures. This isn't just a one-off Maybe you could rationalize it away somehow, right? Look at this. Here's another one. It's, it's pretty amazing. Mark eleven twenty two to 24. Jesus says, have faith in God. Notice the faith element. We have to believe. But look at this. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, anyone. How many of you are anyone? <laughs> I hope you're anyone. But this isn't like some special elite, if, um, you know, the super apostles or whatever. Anyone, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, look, and doesn't doubt in their heart, but believes that what they'll say will happen, it'll be done for them. Like, yeah. <laughs> How many of you have seen a mountain go in the sea? Like, it's like, but, but it's just like, think about this. Jesus isn't, he's not like, if you say to that pencil, move a couple centimeters, then it'll move. He's not, he's not, he's going like through the roof. There's no limits to this stuff, right? It's like whoever, anyone, if you say this and you don't doubt, notice the belief part. If you don't doubt, you say to this mountain, it's going to do it. And I don't believe Jesus is speaking metaphorically. I know some, I mean, the metaphor is beautiful. It's like, how many of you seen mountains move? Yeah, of course he, that circumstance, God did this and that. Yeah, and that's awesome. And I believe you can apply it that way. But I believe Jesus isn't using, I believe this is true. Right? I believe this is true. And then he goes on, therefore, look at this. I tell you, whatever, not some things, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. Again, it's like Jesus is saying this. Who's to argue? (laughs) 
So there must be, it's like there must be something to this of Jesus. Now, again, these aren't one-off. Here's another one. This, now, this is from 1 John. This isn't Jesus talking. This is John the Apostle saying this. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. So again, anything, whatever. No qualifications. John 15, uh, 7 to 8. This is again Jesus talking. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask, again, we're talking about asking now, right? I'm, 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 <laughs> and I'm sharing this to build faith because that's one of the three major dimensions of prayer. Ask whatever you wish, whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. Whatever you wish. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, I want to I note something. I, I didn't mention this a couple verses ago in John 14. Jesus gives a reason for this. He says that my Father may be glorified. So there's actually reasons for answered prayer. It's not, it's not just like Jesus is just, you know, <laughs> it's not just like some random thing like, yeah, ask for whatever you want. There's no purpose. Jesus is saying, first of all, that you may glorify my Father. Here he's saying so that you would bear much fruit. He actually wants us to bear much fruit to show the world that we're his disciples. Yeah, so it's like, he wants us to believe him for these crazy things so that unbelievers will see it and be like, wow, your God is real. How do I serve him? What do I have to do to be saved? So he actually wants us to bear fruit to show that we're the world that we're his disciples. John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might, again, go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And look at this. And what, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. Whatever. No limits. It's like Jesus is, is not like setting the bar low. He's going, it's like whatever, anything, anyone, whatever. You just got to believe it. John 16, 23 to 24. In that day, you'll no longer ask me anything. Verily, truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, look at this. You haven't asked for anything in my name and asking you'll receive and your joy will be complete couple of things. Look at this. Jesus is essentially saying the reason you haven't seen anything that you haven't asked. So you actually have to ask. <laughs> Go figure. But I mean, sometimes I think it's like easy to have the idea that it's like, well, God knows what I need. And if he wants to do it, he'll do it. But Jesus is saying, actually, you actually do have to ask. I know that sounds obvious, but it's right. It's true. And look at this, that your joy will be complete. That's another reason Jesus actually wants us to be joyful. He actually wants to answer our prayers so that we'll, be, we'll have joy. Okay, so it's like answer prayer to glorify the Father, to, show, to bear fruit, to show the world where his disciples and that our joy be complete. So it's awesome. It's like, wow, again, several scriptures saying the same thing in different ways. Just trying to, again, build faith and, and show you, look, asking is important and there's no limits. It's amazing. There's no limits. We just got to believe. And we actually have to ask. That's the whole thing that amen spoken by us to the glory of God. Okay, now seeking. What is seeking? Okay, so this is the thing that um, I think is really important. And of course, Jesus says it's important, so it must be. But you might ask, well, what is seeking? What I believe seeking is scripturally, I'm going to show you some scriptures on this, is the active pursuit of that which you're believing God for, what you're seeking after. So we actually have to actively pursue 
What we're asking God for and the active pursuit in and of itself is prayer, which is interesting. I don't think we often think of that as prayer, but it's prayer. Okay, so seeking. Now, I don't want to confine it. I don't want to give a formula because I don't think there is a formula. But I have an example here. Seeking can look like different things, but it's the active pursuit element that we're talking about. Now, think about the parable. The man went seeking for bread. Okay, it was actually going in to get what he was asking, wanting to ask for. Okay, so that, that aspect of it is what's important. You actually have to go do something to get it. Now, I have, I have an example here that I often use. Um, healing breakthrough. Because <laughs> I think we probably all have, have prayed for healing uh, or you know, know people who have and... and you know, so it's something I think that's probably on our heart. And we see that, that Jesus did it all the time. That was part of his ministry, right? It's like preach the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. And you see that was Jesus demonstrating the kingdom reality, right? God's rule and reign has broken into this age. And it's like, look, that's displaying the kingdom. So you see that and you can look at promises in the scripture. There's several um, promises, and, and if you're interested, I have a whole list from Old to New Testament about promises with healing. But remember, all God's promises are yes. So, you know, just think, like, let me think. Isaiah 53, by Christ's stripes we're healed. 1 Peter 2.24, by Christ's stripes we were healed, past tense. Okay, so what's the deal, right? It's like we should see healing, and Jesus uh, commissioned his disciples to heal Okay, so, but maybe we've prayed for people and they didn't get well. So, so what do you do? In this context, you, of course, ask God, right? It's like, okay, God, you know, I want to, when I pray for people, they'll get well. But you also got to seek after it. Now, what might that look like? It could look like different things. It could look like going, listening to teachings on healing, like divine healing. It could look like going to conferences on healing. It could look like reading books on healing. It could look like asking others for prayer who've seen breakthrough with healing. Whatever, right? It's, but whatever uh, uh, it looks like for you, it's the active pursuit. And as, if you, as you actively pursue it, you're actually praying. And I believe, how many of you have been to like, I don't know, like a, a big conference somewhere and you, and you were really impacted? And you saw a lot of people around you impacted? Some of you? Um, I give that example because I've been to several conferences where it's like, man, the presence of God is so strong. People are getting healed. It's like, how is, like, why is this the case that conferences seem distinctly like phenomenal in the sense that a lot of people get touched? And I believe my opinion is one of the reasons is because a lot, look, think about it. All the people there are seeking God, aren't they? Some conferences I've been to, people from all over the world going, thousands and thousands of people paying for the flight, getting on the flight, driving hundreds of miles to go to this conference. Think about it. They're actually praying by seeking. Okay? And I believe God's answering the prayer of seeking often at conferences, which is, there's other reasons too. I'm just trying to give an example, an illustration of, you know, I believe, you know, God is actually rewarding that element of prayer. Actively pursuing them. Now, I'm just going to give you a couple of scriptures on this. There's countless. I could probably talk about this all day, but seeking. But this is one I really like. Um, Hebrews 11.6. This is in the context of talking about Enoch, which is amazing. And he says, look at this, verse 6. He ends, he says, and without faith, 
It's impossible to please God, which we've already said, right? Faith. But, but what's interesting about this, it's impossible to please God. Like, wow, this is intense. It's like, we better listen to what he's going to say. Look at this. Because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists, which is pretty obvious. It's like, yeah, okay, we've got to believe he exists. That makes sense. But look at this. He doesn't end there. And, and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So think about this. We actually have to believe that God is going to reward you for earnestly seeking him if we don't, impossible to please him. Again, Bible saying this. <laughs> not me. Not my opinion. And so that's why I like using scripture. It's like, don't argue with me, argue with that. Because that, that's what it's saying, right? But, but the reason I'm mentioning it is because, look, that's important. Seeking is important. But not only seeking, believe in God, that he's going to actually reward you for it. Now, one thing I want to mention is um, there's that promise about, you know, God's going to, all God's promises are yes in Christ. And I believe that. So it's not a matter of if God's going to answer him. It might be a matter of when. Think about it, the time element. No guarantee it's going to happen tomorrow or 20 years. Think about Abraham. From the time of the promise till the fulfillment, 25 years. Okay, so it's like, yeah, sometimes it might take a long time. And I'm going to show you scripture right away showing that's actually faith. If you, if you continue and continue and continue and don't give up. And God's actually looking for that kind of faith. Think about, actually, t- talk about Hebrews 11. How many of you know Hebrews 11? It's like the hall of fame of faith. Yeah. If, if, you, if you don't know, just read Hebrews 11. And, the, and he goes through all these people from the Old Testament talking about the champions of faith. And twice he says, most of them, or some of them, died having not seen the fulfillment of what they were believing God for. But I want to point something out. They are the champions, Hall of Fame for, of faith in Scripture forever, for eternity in God's Word, because they didn't give up and they believed God to the end. So think about this. If you believe God for something, hypothetically, and say it doesn't happen and then you, you pass away, but you believe God to the end, you are going to get commended for your faith, just like the Hebrews 11 champions of faith. Because you didn't give up till the end. And you may have passed on not seeing the fulfillment of what you're believing God for. But that is great faith. And I guarantee you, you're not going to regret it. The key is not to give up. Right? It's like, I would rather stand before the Lord on Judgment Day and Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You believed me all the way to the end. You didn't give up. Right? Well done, good and faithful servant. Think about this. Jesus never, ever, 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 ever rebuked anyone for having too much faith, did he? God's, so say you're believing God for these crazy things. Say you believe God for these crazy things that he says you'll do greater works than these. What's the worst that can happen? I, don't, I would rather God say, you know, David, you believe me for a little too much. Right? I'd rather have that rebuke, which it won't happen because I don't see it in Scripture, than... Think about how many times Jesus can rebuke people and said, you little faith. It's like, I don't even know how many times, but a lot. And they were things that it's like you have sympathy for the people he's saying to. It's like, Peter, you didn't walk in water, you little faith. It's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, believe in God to the end. Seeking, believing he's going to reward you for diligently seeking him. 
Now look at this illustration. When did I start? Am I already over? <laughs> did anyone notice when I started? I tried. I might have to wrap this up, I guess. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll see. But I want to make sure I say this, this verse. The persistent widow. Okay, this is Luke 11, 1 through 15. We're talking about seeking God persistently and diligently. Okay? Look at this. Jesus told this parable. Look at why. What's the point of this parable? To show them that they should always pray and not give up. It's the whole point. He tells us off the bat. This is the point of this parable. <laughs> and look at this interesting illustration. This widow, this persistent widow, goes to an unjust judge over and 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 over again. Over and he, she doesn't give up. She just keeps going to him. Just over and over. Okay, and look at what this guy says. Verse 4. For some time he refused, but finally said to himself, even though I don't fear God or even care what people think, yet because of this widow keeps bothering me, it's like the, the guy who knocked. It's like, I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Okay, look at this. And then the Lord said, Jesus said, look at what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they'll get justice and quickly. Look at this. However, will the Son of Man, when he comes back, the second coming of Christ, will he find faith on the earth? Going to God over and over and over and over and over again like this widow is what Jesus is considering faith here. Right? How many of you have heard the idea that if you ask God for something once, you shouldn't ask for Him again because you're not in faith then? Yeah? It's a pretty common teaching. Some people teach it. This totally contradicts that. Jesus is actually saying, no, you have to go over and over and over and over and over. And, and, and in fact, He considers that faith. Will I find that kind of faith when I come back? Like this persistent widow who wouldn't give up. So we just got to not give up. And it's hard. I'm not trying to diminish the fact that it's hard. You know, if you're seeking for things for years, decades, right? Like, at some point, it's like, I got prayer a million times. I haven't seen it. Maybe God doesn't want to do it. Don't give up. Do not give up is the whole point. By not giving up, Hall of Fame of Faith persistent widow is Jesus going to see that when he comes back to earth can I have a couple more minutes I want to I want to just and then I'm sorry if I'm going over I don't even I think I might be but we'll see <laughs> what's that okay okay thank you I'll, I'll try and be quicker than I tend to be but um, I do want to finish this because I think it's so important like I said it transformed my life this is the last verse I'm going to share with seeking. Jer- we all know this verse, I'm sure. Jeremiah 29, 1 through, uh, or sorry, 11 through 14. For I know the plans I have for you. Now, we all know this. The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Look at this. Then you'll call on me and come and pray. Notice pray. He, he's liking this to prayer, seeking to prayer. Pray to me and I'll listen to you. You will seek me. For some reason, we often stop there and don't keep reading, but he keeps going. You will seek me and find me. Look at this. When you seek me with all my, your heart, you'll be found by me, declares the Lord. Seeking is so crucial. 
seeking. This is why Jesus said that's a super crucial dimension of prayer. It's the act of pursuit. And I want to make sure that I emphasize that because, um, believe me, if you seek God, not only ask, but you seek him, guaranteed breakthrough. And, and, and that's part of what faith is. Perseverance and faith go hand in hand. Faithfulness and perseverance, endurance. Knocking. What is knocking? Now, knocking... Knocking could be, you could argue maybe it's different things. There isn't as much scripture on this that I could like give you. But what I believe contextually is seeking, is, or sorry, knocking is the shameless audacity element that Jesus talked about earlier in the parable. Because if you think about it, what aspect of that parable was shamelessly audacious? The guy knocking on his friend's door, waking up his entire family in the middle of the night to ask for something. And, and on the outside, it's like, man, that was audacious, right? But Jesus commends it. And he says, if you, do, if you incorporate that shameless audacity, you're going to get whatever you want. All that you ask for. Okay? So I believe, in context, it's the knocking. It's the boldness. It's coming to God with promises in hand saying, God, your word says this. You promise that you say all your promises are yes in Christ. I believe it. Over and over, right? Like it might, I'm just giving a hypothetical example. It could look like different things, but I believe it's that shameless audacity element that's super crucial according to Jesus. Now look at this. I, I, I found this the other day because I look at the different translations and um, I, the NLT thinks that too, it seems. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, cool. Because that was sort of my opinion and I always said that. I'm like, look at this. Look at, this is what the NLT says about this. But I tell you this, though, he won't do it for friendship's sake. But if you keep knocking long enough, so notice he's connecting the shameless audacity with knocking. If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless, here it says persistence. Shameless persistence. Just like the persistent widow. Right? Over and over, not giving up. Last but not least, I mentioned this last night, Jesus tells us to ask for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? It's like God's not going to give you something that you don't want. He's not going to give you something evil. How much more will he give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And if I had time, man, the Holy Spirit is such a crucial element to our whole entire Christian walk. He's God's empowering presence that enables us to walk the Christian walk. Right? He's the one who produces God's character in us, the righteousness of God. Think about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. All aspects, adjectives describing God's character. The point, if you look contextually, he says, be led by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you won't uh, fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do you do righteousness in the New Covenant? Holy Spirit enables you, produces God's character, right? Otherwise, how do we do it? We can't. So this is important. I just want to encourage you, ask for more of the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells us to. God will answer, guarantee. There's always more, I believe, right? He's, he's infinite and eternal. Asking, seeking, knocking. So on that note, I'll end in prayer. Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you so much for your precious word, for your precious promises that, that enable us to live righteously, to walk the walk you call us to, and that through your word you show us your will. Lord, you say, when we pray, we pray that our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we just ask that your will be done 
that heaven would come to earth, that your will would be done in each and every one of our lives, and that through your word that you would enable us to live the life that you call us to, that we'd be examples of Christ. And Lord, that I just pray that as this scripture impacted my life um, so much, that it would have no less and even more effect uh, for the people here as they get a hold of it and, uh, and do what you tell us to do in, in regards to prayer. So, Father, I just thank you for your faithfulness, and I thank you for this weekend, and I just ask that you bless our time together and that we have an amazing afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen.